What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Hello and welcome to The Promised Land, a show about Manchester United and part of the 90 Min Podcast Network. I'm Scott Saunders, joined by Rob Blanchett, as ever, as Manchester United prepare to start this season in a few days' time, Monday night versus Wolves, who have changed their manager this week, new manager bounce, etc., etc. I know that you're really excited to see what Gary O'Neill will do with Wolves at Old Trafford. Uh, but the season is here. And uh, we spent this week watching United try and shift a bunch of players on and watching mm-hmm. them stand on the sidelines as two of the biggest transfers of the summer have been essentially completed without any involvement uh, from Man United. So we'll talk about how we feel around the Harry Kane news, Moises Caicedo news, two players United have been linked with all summer long. Maybe not in Caicedo's case, but he was once uh, purported to be very much wanted when we thought that Mason Mount was uh, maybe not going to happen. But Rob, uh, how are you feeling about all this? You, was the United fans sitting on the sidelines watching other clubs spend a hundred million quid on players? Well, it's been a busy few days and a busy few weeks, isn't it, with the transfer window for all of us who kind of operate in the game. And the last twenty-four hours has been very busy. So sometimes you can't always think Manchester United specific. It's quite nice to do the show, Scott, and kind of bring it back to our football club. But yes, I think when you see these deals now being executed with Kane, very interesting deal in terms of how Bayern got that over the line when it looked like Harry Kane really didn't want to go. Really, really didn't want to go. Like just 24, 48 hours ago. And of course, we're hearing very positive things for Liverpool with Moises Casado. So two massive deals which are about to creep over the line. But I just want to get on with United business now, Scott. Like I feel all right with what we've got, and I feel that United are still going to be operating till the very end of the transfer window. There is one or two targets still there that we've spoken about. But I feel good. I feel good that like the season is here. I said to you off camera, I just want to get on with the football bit now. Like We talk so much, don't we, about the game. Let's watch some of the game. And obviously, the Premier League is here now and ready. United have spent... A significant chunk of money. They've they've bought Rasmus Hoyland, obviously, yeah. who has his uh, his injury troubles. So I don't think they're as bad as uh, people no. have been making out. You know, He's don't okay. lose your mind. It would be nice to see him in the from the very beginning, but that probably is not going to be the case. Uh, you know, I'd overspent a little bit on him in some quarters, and now other clubs are going and spending 110 million on a midfielder with one season in the Premier League. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know double the price of Mason Mount, who was also overpriced. It's kind of nice, actually, from my side, that United are not the club who are spending... Because it just comes with automatic, massive pressure. I don't know if you've ever looked at the list of players who've cost over £100 million, Hmm. but it's only a handful of them who have even succeeded. Uh, So, you know, we'll see. But I think United, that position is not really a massive priority to get a starting player in there. I think United will go mm. back in for Sofian Amrabat over the next few days once yeah. Fred officially joins uh, Fenerbahce and once Donny van der Beek gets sorted to Real Sociedad as well. Maybe down the line, United will be doing this again. But for now, they're sitting on the sidelines, building sensibly, which is weird. Isn't it? Well, 100 million is the new 50 million. Like, that is really the truth here, is that players now going to go in that bracket 
It won't be long, Scott, until we're saying, oh, 100 million is not a lot of money. Like, it really isn't that long next year. I'm sure we'll be saying that. As soon as Manchester City triggered that 100 million for Jack Grealish, which was his his buyout clause at Aston Villa, I think it changed a lot of the game and changed everything. So Declan Rice has to be over 100 million. Casado has to be over 100 million. That's just going to be the norm now, isn't it? But it is good that Manchester United are not the team in panic buying mode because it means that you're building in a much more kind of stabilised manner. It was only a few weeks ago, obviously, people saying, oh, United going to spend any money? What are the Glazers going to do? Who are going to be the owners? What's Manchester United going to look like? Well, it's Eric Ten Hag's Manchester United, and that means he'll go and get his targets. He's got control of that. I don't think that Jurgen Klopp is absolutely the guy like pushing the button for a £110 million Moises Casado. I think there's a lot going on at Liverpool politically. That signing will show that we are ambitious and that we we want to be we don't want to be top four we want to win it, but I don't also think that these signings also mean that all the time, Scott. Like they don't always make you jump that far forward. So Liverpool fans will be happy about it, no doubt. It will shut them up when it going into the new season. But I'm happy as a United fan that we tend to be doing some good, stable business and building a really good squad, and also losing the players that we don't want to see anymore. I think that's the most important thing, really. Of course. I, who could have ever anticipated that after years of saying, obviously, we know that United's problem is that they have these players on massive wages and mm. you find it a struggle to go and find other clubs who can play, pay the wages that United are paying. Obviously, we're seeing, I think Harry Maguire is going to get a, a significant payoff around six million quid to, uh, to go and join West Ham. That'll probably be done next week now as it stands. Uh, there's other players in there like Fred, who we mentioned, who we'll talk about a little bit later. Uh, Donny van der Beek, Eric Bailly, Dean Henderson could stay after an injury to Tom Heaton, uh, but he's on a he's on a hell of a wage as well to be number two. Uh, but it's good. United need to do this. They need to clear out the the deadwood, and in order for them to strengthen in future transfer windows. And I think if they can get a lot of those players off the books and correct the books. In, in a sense, it will put them in a much better position. And and it's nothing personal against those players. Like I keep preaching this non-stop. It's about if that player can't help you, get rid of them. Don't let them sit there and rot. Doesn't help them either, does it? So, you know, Fred leaving the football club, potentially Scott McTominay, potentially Donny van der Beek. I think all of these players, we talk about them incessantly about, you know, can they help United? Will they get better? Will they do this? We know what they do. And I actually think in a transfer window like this, it's more important, as you said, to clear those decks. So you're then allowed to bring in, you've got the, the space in your wage bill to be able to do stuff. You think about it now with Liverpool buying Casado for that big fee. If Casado is a bust, let's just say that, because I don't think he's solid gold yet. I think he's a really good player, but it's a big gamble. They're speculating, aren't they, with that 100 million? Then what do you do? You're kind of stuck, aren't you? You're stuck in a kind of halfway house between fourth and sixth in the Premier League because you made one big mistake. So I'd rather Man United actually built in the way that they have done in the last 12 months and let Ten Hag kind of really uh, kind of take a surgeon's knife to these problems and do it very slowly and carefully and buy the players that he wants rather than the players that, say, the ownership would want. Yeah, I think... Obviously, Casemiro's there. Let's say United yeah. go and sign Amrabat as well. Ages of those players, 31-ish, 26-ish, I think. Mm-hmm. Amrabat, maybe 
uh, we'll see. Is he is he a squad option? Is he good enough to take over from Casemiro later down the line when he gets a little bit older? I don't no. know. It remains to be seen. But I think no. United need to buy themselves a little bit of time so they can not go to the point of spending 100 million quid on a, a DM from, you know, League 1 or something like that down, down the years. Mm-hmm. Down the years to come. They will need to address that position at some point, but I think they have enough cover once Amrabat comes in. There's a global fascination with the number six position, Scott. Like it's become the new number nine. I just said the 100 million is the new, new 50 million. Well, the number six is the new number nine. Clubs are looking at this and going, we can't win unless we sort the six out because we need someone that transitions and gets us from back from back to front and helps us. And I think when you're saying about Casemiro, you're right. The Casemiro question could happen sooner rather than later. We don't know with injuries and form and one thing or another, but I don't think Amrabat is your future as the six. I really don't. I think you're with Casemiro now and you, fingers crossed, he maintains form and fitness for a long period of time. When we look at what Liverpool are doing, they're having to kind of completely restructure their midfield. And they, they should have done it a year ago, shouldn't they? Let's be honest. We talked about this 12 months ago, said Liverpool might fail because their midfield is rubbish. Now they've got a better midfield. Now, Scott, they have to develop it for 12 months. 12 months, they have to find a way to feed that front free. Now, it might happen overnight. I'm not so sure. I think I think there'll be struggles still at Liverpool this year. I think Casado might have a lot of weight on his back. Maybe that kid... Can't handle. I don't know. We we really don't know how you react when you're playing in front of a big stadium every week and that pressure is tangible. It's not Brighton and Hove Albion. Subscribe to the show wherever you get your pods and watch us on YouTube as well. Head over to the channel, like, subscribe, leave a comment for us and follow us on the social media network channel things at double underscore Scott Saunders at underscore Rob underscore B and at Promise and MU for the show. And Rob's YouTube channel is uh, up and running. Yes. Yes, I've done that first video just as a welcome video, really. But there's going to be loads of content this year, both live and kind of pre-recorded. Tactical stuff that people keep asking me about. And just kind of more when things happen, having a platform to be able to go kind of live with straight away, rather than just going straight to Twitter. If you would like to see more of me, 90min underscore football is your place to do it. I think that's the YouTube channel. Uh, but not in football anyway just go just go there we'll be doing we'll be going live throughout the week but it's unfortunately me with fans of other clubs not man united fans <laughs> so uh yeah hopefully united can actually do some stuff on the pitch so i don't get pelters every single time i record a video uh but yes uh rob we have to ask the question we've done caicedo a little bit mm-hmm. when you saw Bayern get a bid accepted for harry kane how did you feel? Because my initial thought was, and this is not the right way to run a business, really. It is not. And everything that I have just said about United acting sensibly would have been going. Against, <laughs> it would have been going against that if United had. My my thought process was, match the bid, match it. If Tottenham say no, at least you matched it. But they didn't, and Harry Kane is off to the Bundesliga to score. 27,000 goals. And it's a, look, look, I think that you're in a rock and a hard place with Harry Kane because it was made clear very early to Manchester United that whatever they bid Scott, Tottenham were not going to do business. Now, I think when we... Tottenham were not going to sell for this price either, in their own words. So that was my that was my thought process. Is Okay, yeah. They know? said that. They said that. They weren't going to sell for this price. But we all knew that they would. Why? Because they were going to lose the player for nothing. So Harry Kane has been advised since day dot, and we've said it on this show, to stay at Tottenham and run his contract out. 
And that was actually the same situation 24 hours ago when 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 Bayern came up with the deal and that Tottenham accepted that deal. Harry Kane then needed to decide did he want to go to Germany. I still believe Harry Kane doesn't want to go to Germany, but he's going to Germany because he doesn't want to stay at Spurs. <laughs> it's kind of as, as basic as that. And as I said to you again off camera, I'd be interested to see what Bayern really did offer Harry in the end because there's, there's no doubt that they've sweetened this deal to get it over the line because 24 hours ago, they were panicking in Germany and pa panicking in Bavaria because the player who'd kind of hinted that he'd be interested to come and had looked at houses in the area, et cetera, et cetera, was suddenly getting cold feet because he didn't know whether he should sign or not. But yes, he is going to buy Munich. Yes, he's about to get on a plane now to fly out there and get everything sorted and his medical and sign the deal. And I don't know if we've mentioned, like we're saying there, Scott, this is the politics of football, is that it was made clear so clearly to Manchester United very early on that any bid that you put in, we're just not doing business. And I think United went, all right, Em, bye. And that is the right way to do your business, Scott. And like you're saying there, oh, but what if they had? What if they had? I don't think you ever got to that situation in this deal. If Harry Kane had said, I'm absolutely not going to buy Munich, like today, you might have thought about it. You might have thought, is this a chance? But I also think United do need to be stable in their spending here. And maybe Harry Kane doesn't match that. You know, you can, he's going to be in half a million pound a week if he came to United. We're talking about clearing the wages. What are you clearing them for? Just one player or two or three or four or five? I think Ten Hag thinks more, doesn't he? Ten Hag thinks, I've bought Hoyland. I'm going to stick with this boy. I'm going to develop him. And we're going to do it at the right pace. So I'm OK with it. I'd love to have seen Harry Kane at Manchester United. We Everybody knows that. But I think at the same time, we have to practice what we preach. And we're happy that United are trying to be stable here and not getting involved with the Tottenham's of this world, trying to break the bank and kind of saying, well, it's 110 million. Come on, Harry, come to us. We'll trade one Harry for another Harry. And here we go. No, I, I don't know. I think you've got to a situation where you have to be a little bit more frugal and a little bit more smart. If it doesn't work, you get off a... 12 low, months time low ball price and maybe not 12 months but you know down the line maybe if you want a safe guarantee if it doesn't work anyway uh yeah united should be <laughs> behaving the way that they have behaved I yeah mean, we can't be contradictory can we like, even though it feels like no that chance. No, <laughs> you know as much as my personal desire to see somebody like harry kane in the team united have just bought rasmus hoyland who is literally I think they've bought him and he is the perfect prototype for what Eric Ten Hag wants in a striker. Absolutely. He has 72 is. million pound number nine. So like it's it's not like a 20 million quid young lad, is it? It's someone that you've really gambled on and bet on and you've gone right, we're gonna develop this guy and do it. So yeah, I think the Harry Kane ship sailed long ago. But I'm really interested to see what got it over the line. We'll see that in the next few days. Uh let's see Harry go. I've always dreamed of playing in Bavaria. You know, let's just see see what that first presser is. And uh, and good luck to Harry Kane in the Bundesliga. Like you said, he'll score three million goals. He'll be the Haaland of the Bundesliga. He'll score every week and Bayern Munich will win the title by 10 points and no one will care. So it's like, let's see how it goes. Get that Bundesliga medal and that was that dish. Looks like the Charity Shield. Yay. You know, uh, let, let's, let's just see if he can find a way to making the Bundesliga more exciting. Because I think Harry Kane being there is good for Bayern Munich. You know, and I think they could win the Champions League with him. So I understand why they're, they're spending that money on him. Interesting to see. He could win a trophy tomorrow. <laughs> he could. <laughs> which, which is 
pretty wild. <laughs> it's uh, like Pochettino when he went to PSG, isn't it? It's like, oh, he doesn't want a trophy, he doesn't want a trophy. Oh, he won, won one in about 10 minutes. It's like, oh, okay. <laughs> so that is... United are doing it right. And as much yeah. as you want to see them actually go and absolutely smash it and get a player who absolutely guarantees them that they'll be thrust into a title race. What I will say is these two transfers are probably good news for United in the fact that mm. it, I don't know if it necessarily strengthen, <coughs> strengthens their top four bid, but it weakens Tottenham's bid. Not that they were ever really in it. I think, you know, they finished seventh or eighth last season as it was with, with Harry Kane himself. So they have their own problems. Chelsea getting Caicedo probably would have taken them closer. Uh, I know we're going to do some predictions later in the show. Mm-hmm. But I think we both have Chelsea fifth. Do you have Chelsea fifth? I'm looking at my league table here because I've written it all out for the show and for other shows. And I've got Chelsea fifth. And do you know what? I've got Tottenham 10th. Wow. interesting. And I had Tottenham 10th even with Harry Kane. So I don't know where that's going to go now. It'll be a fun team to watch this season. Yeah. And I also think uh, United play Tottenham next weekend mm. at Tottenham. And every Tottenham fan I've spoken to has said, we'll score a lot of goals, but we're going to concede a hell of a lot as well. Because we're going to pay a high line. And the way that United are actually going to play is we want to hit teams on the transition. And if yeah. they're doing that quite well, I think they could score a lot of goals at Tottenham. Uh, yeah. We'll see. And we'll see how Postacoglu kind of adapts to the Premier League because he does have this kind of over kind of mad attacking style. And I do think that good tactical teams will be able to pick holes in that and hit them in transition. And Eric Zenog's been preaching about how he wants United to be the best transition team in the world. And we've seen it in pre-season with kind of how United want to be. So, yeah, it's, that will be an interesting... There's going to be loads of interesting tactical battles this year, Scott, isn't there? It's going to be loads of teams playing, trying to play different styles. I'll say this to what last thing on Harry Kane. It reminds me a little bit of when Liverpool sold Michael Owen to Real Madrid. And people said, but what will happen to Liverpool? Like now they've sold this, you know, this is our best player and they won the Champions League the following year. So I'm not saying Tottenham are going to do that, but Tottenham might actually surprise a lot of us and have a decent season. Say Sun takes over the goal scoring. Say Tottenham goes by a good number nine now to replace Harry Kane. It's not always doom and gloom. You just have to wait and see. They already have a 60 million striker who's just waiting in the wings to step in. Richarlison, whatever you think of him, I think he's, he could score some Premier League goals, especially if Tottenham are going to create a lot of chances. James Madison's a good player as well. Yeah. And uh, yeah, but we'll see. I mean, I think what I was getting at there is I think United will get top four anyway, or top five. It could even be top five by the end of the season, depending on how English teams do in Europe. Yeah. But I think that the, these two deals in themselves have actually strengthened United's bid. United's bid to actually get in those. As long as United do their job, I think they're pretty much within that mix of two to four. Um, this is going to be, I think, the tightest top six in history. That's a big call. But I actually think when you look at the teams at the top, these teams are all building kind of almost in line with each other. Some of them are not, but you know, you look at what they've got. It's too easy just to say, well, City got Haaland, they'll score loads of goals, that's great. I still think City need to just address one or two things first. But yeah, I think with Spurs, it's uh, it, it's either going to be a big surprise of a season for them and, and they're going to come good under Postacoglu. I'm not convinced about the manager. That's where I am with it. I'm not convinced that Postacoglu is going to make the jump from top of the Scottish League to top four of the Premier League. I think that's a very, very big ask. Let's uh, 
Chelsea have not given up and are still trying to beat Liverpool to Caicedo. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> let's talk about Man United selling players. Fred is going. Mm-hmm. I think, and I was going to tweet this last night, but I couldn't be bothered with the potential backlash. Fred and McTominay, who both could leave, Fred's going to go first, have been wildly misprofiled by Man United managers and have suffered as a result over the past few years in their double pivot, which was... Yeah absolutely torn apart every time a Man United fan saw them play together. They are both, from in my money, they are both advanced, high-pressure number eights. And you don't get that when you're in a double pivot and you don't, don't have anybody behind you. So well, how do you reflect on Fred's uh, spell at Man United? Well, it's interesting you mentioned the double pivot because I used to it used to be like a running joke on the on the United Masterclass when we used to do it because it used to be every week the tactic was oh Ole Gunnar Solskjaer four two three one double pivot that's it and what did you do it was Fred and McTominay wasn't it uh, you're right I th- I think the things with Fred is that he came to Manchester United as potentially supposed to be a number eight who could do different things for you who could do defensive work who could run around who had technique and technicality did we see any of it. Not really, but again, I think a lot of this is down to managers and tactics and all of those things. So, uh, I, I feel do I feel sorry for McFred? I, d- I don't want to say I feel sorry. I think you just got to do what you got to do, and I think now we've got to the end point with these guys. So, you know, Fred's off to Turkey, Scott McTominay may still uh, depart from the football club, Donny van der Bate will probably leave, and they're all the right moves, Scott. You've you've got to clear these players out and get and get them going, and I think they'll be okay elsewhere. I really do. You know, Harry Maguire, put you know off to West Ham potentially. I think I think he'll do all right there. They're not bad players, but they're not good for your system or what you do, or good for that manager. And you're right. I think previous managers certainly didn't help those players. We talked about a clear out earlier in the summer needing to happen. Clear outs don't happen, said Rob. It's still not really a clear out, is it? Well, we'll see. Player sales. They're still going to work it in the next few, next few weeks. If if Scott Mortomini goes, if Lucas Paqueta goes to Manchester City, for how which much? could happen? For how much? Hundred million. Exactly. Like he's not that a hundred million ridiculous. pound player. So this is the point about uh, fifty million being a new hundred million. And United will get there one day. There's no doubt about it. Like uh, not in this window, but maybe in the next big window. Is that you're going to have to just pay these prices for squad players now? Like Paqueta, you know, like, okay, I see that they've got an issue without Gundogan and Paqueta is supposed to come in and kind of fill that gap. But he's not going to start every game, is he? So you're paying £100 million for a squad player. So, yes, you know, it's uh, maybe when we paid £52 million for Fred, that was a similar situation. What does that do to it? Scott McTominay's valuation? Is all I'll ask. Six zeros on please. it. <laughs> if West Ham have got that money burning, like you get, you, you're giving them that money, £100 million, and suddenly you're, you're suddenly... Saying something different, aren't you? Saying, well, we want a little bit more of that. So, uh, yeah, well, that's crazy, West Ham's mate. noise is that they are not selling Lucas, Lucas Paqueta, but I can imagine Lucas Paqueta is not very happy with that position and might kick and scream a little bit to make it happen. Well, he's unsettled now, isn't he? So, like, that's that this is what City are doing, and they do this all the time. And United used to do this you go and unsettle the player, and then you try and get the player to push their way out of the club. So, yeah, Paqueta, I'm sure, would love to go and play for the, the treble winning champions, wouldn't he? But, uh, it's uh, it's funny how football works, all the politics and how it all interwove. It, it kind of interwoves into it into one thing uh, when it comes to prices. Sorry, I was uh, just looking at that Jurgen Klopp quote from a few years ago. Read it out, Scott. 
Well, it's, it's doing the rounds as it should. I've done this before. He, he did. He did actually address it later and say he was essentially wrong to say it. But yeah. Jurgen Klopp did say, if you bring one player in for a hundred million and he gets injured, then it all goes through the chimney. The day that this is football, I'm not in a job anymore. And this is apparently football today for you. He was talking about Paul Pogba, wasn't he? Talking about Paul Pogba in 2016. And he was right about Paul Pogba. <laughs> not be funny. That Paul Pogba also, just got injured. Man United are not even now in the top five transfer fees spent in Premier League history. Good. Which is <laughs> funny how things change. Uh, yeah, it's funny. And, and and football is a game of contradictions. I think with Jurgen Klopp, you know, I'm sure he wishes he didn't say, but do you know what also, Scott? Don't think he cares. Doesn't care. When he paid 80-odd million for Van Dijk and, and and almost the same amount of money for his goalkeeper, it was a similar situation there because he was talking about buying players for 20, 30, 40, 50 million. Liverpool spend money when they need to. That's just where it is. And they need to spend money at this moment. Uh, I don't think United need to be in that same ballpark, but they will be not, not long, Scott. Like, if you're going to replace Casemiro in the next year, two or three, Number six is the new glamour position. And there's not many of them out there who are great. You might be spending 100 million. Yes. Paqueta for 100 million, though. Still, Mason Mount was overpriced when he cost 55. Mason Mount's now a bargain. <laughs> He's now a bargain. Now you look at him at that price range and you're thinking, hang on a second. When you compare a lot of these, I think Mason Mount is better than Paqueta. No offense. I do. I think, I, I think what he can give you in six positions. He's more than like, I like Paqueta. I think he's a really good player. No, no offense. I don't think he would do well at Man City, but that's how they're constructing their squad. And you've got untold riches. You can do what you want, can't you? Maybe football should put limits on these uh, transfers, Scott. Maybe that's the next step. Can't see that happening. Anyway, uh, what do you do sports? next? What, what do, football that does this. Yeah, football's different. And uh, what what do United do next then? So Fred's on his way. Other players potentially on their way. United are looking at Amrabat. I think that might. They might do that in the next couple of weeks. Yeah, they need to raise the money first. But what about in defence? Because if mm. Harry Maguire is going, we talked about Jean-Claire Todibo on Tuesday's show. Yeah, there have been a number of players who have emerged, and I want to have a wider conversation here. Actually, we're talking about we'll talk about the player in question in a second. Uh, but you're not in a profile in a number of different players at yeah. centre half. If Harry Maguire goes, Todibo is one. Edmund Tapsober is one from mm-hmm. Bayer Leverkusen. 24 years old, I believe, would be more expensive than either Todibo or the player that we're going to discuss here. Benjamin Pavard, who is a... He's been wanting, he's wanted to leave Bayern all year. Literally all year, not even... I'm talking from January, February. Uh, 25, 30 million quid French international, 27 years old. Centre-back would like to play centre-back, but can also play at right-back, and that's generally where managers have profiled him uh we don't know which way this is going to lean but as it stands united might pull the trigger on this one is this sensible and i I want to talk about the position on on the whole in general because like for me if pavard is the player that united go and sign they still need another center back longer term for me i think they still need that young player that they're going to develop and develop past rafa varan you know, mm. if you know what I mean. So Pavard, Ben, uh, Ben, Rob, Pavard. What do you think? Um, Pavard. Uh, well, first of all, it's a yes to Pavard. Why? So I, I, I think you're right. You know, United do need to develop that kind of future centre back, and I think Tadebo would tick both boxes. You'd be able to do that in the immediacy, bring him in, 
spend time obviously under Varane and do that. I think the thing was with Pavard, and you look at the marketplace, again, it was a bit like, as we said last week and previous weeks with Kim Min Jae, is that how if you could buy a player in that price range, what are you getting for your money? I think someone like Pavard is an immediate upgrade again in the defence. So, like, again, let's just let's just talk in the future. Play Wolves on Monday. Varane gets an injury. He's out for six months. You're then thinking, right, do we bring in Tadebo? He's never, never played in the Premier League before. He's 23-year-old and that's where we go because he's young and we're going to develop him. But then, Scott, that development stunts your Premier League season So because you're developing him in real time in your team. Or do you bring in the French international that can play also right back and play right back really well and is experienced and also wants to join you as it stands? So that's where we stand today is that Pavard would really like Manchester United. He's interested and he would like to come. You've obviously made the point that uh, that Pavard wants to play centre-back over right-back. But there's no doubt when you're looking at squad options, you, you've got to be smart now, Scott, in this market. And I would love to Debo. But I don't think you're in exactly that place. Now you've lost Maguire. Yeah, Tadeo will be fine. I'd like him. But I think Pavard makes so much more sense simply because of his know-how. He's used to being at a big club. He knows everything about Bayern Munich. And he's desperate to leave Bayern Munich. And I think Bayern Munich will now be desperate to maybe offload one or two talents when now they've paid all this money for Harry Kane. We'll see how this develops. Obviously, I think nothing's going to happen here until Harry Maguire does go. Uh, and like we said, I don't, that's not going to happen, I don't think, before uh, before the Premier League kicks off. Probably looking at next week, I would think. Um, for me, though, I'm, I'm looking at it and I'm thinking Pavard is probably the most sensible option for the season. Yeah. Uh, especially, you think Victor Lindelof is going to leave at some point, though. So I think later on, I would actually probably put young, high-quality centre-back probably among the top priorities on the list for next summer yeah i think you should probably start profiling players and united have started profiling players we wrote a piece on Nightingale in uh and expressed that man united there are man united scouts that love benfica's antonio silva who i have mm. talked about before and he is i think he's like 20 21 years old that kind of player if you can put it in place yeah put plans in place to go and get him for a decent fee mm early next summer let's 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 play this game one question uh three positions now that united need to strengthen next summer for the first team Ooh. well it's kind of process it? three i was about to say in the process of elimination probably isn't three at the moment like i think the season itself will dictate these things so let's look at it this way say anana's a bust complete bust doesn't work you might in 12 months time going actually we need a different kind of goalkeeper but i don't believe that's the case let's say hoyland's a bust these things are all kind of dependent on each other aren't they on failure but if, they, if you get things right scott i think you it's become slim pickings like you're saying there about finding a center back or a young center back are the top teams in europe doing that when you look at the top teams are they going and investing in 20 21 22 year old center backs you've got arsenal saliba they sent him out on loan a million times until they thought he was ready to kind of bring him back. So there's not many teams kind of doing that. But I think in terms of development with United, you might go and find yourself maybe another number 10 to go and work with Bruno at some point. Like, would you replace Ericsson in 12 months and start thinking about that? The older players, like you said, I think you will be thinking about a number six. 
So I do think that in 12 months' time, United's number one priority might be that defensive midfielder. And the player you bring in now to help with all of that is Amrabat. So Amrabat comes in at a good price. He's a decent player. He's not, I don't think he's world-class. Like, he, he, he's, he's good at what he does. But he'll be able to play deeper. He'll be able to do number six things, number eight things and help you. But a lot of it is dependent on on the season, isn't it? About how well you do. Because I think if United have a good year this year, then you might be doing what Arsenal are doing this, this summer. So Arsenal 12 months ago, no one rated them. Yeah. I said that there'd been a title challenge. Someone gave me a go in the comments. I don't know if you saw that, Scott. They were like, no, you didn't say that 12 months ago. To be fair, Arsenal... Rob did say that. Rob yeah. did say that. And Rob said that on plenty of multiple shows. So I felt Arsenal were in a good place and that they would, they would excel. Now 12 months on, Scott, Arsenal are in that we want to win spell, aren't they? Right, we're in that market. Now, Man United might be, fingers crossed, somewhere similar in 12 months. They might be going to Ten Hag. Well, we'll go and find you your Mbappe. We'll go and find you your player who just gets us over the line now because you've proved to us in the squad building that we can just go big. And then I think Man United will be spending £100 million on players against Scott. I really do. I think they'll be back in that marketplace going, trying to win to get over the line because that's where Arsenal are, aren't they? So I think United, that number six in 12 months' time. But I think you're right about the, about the, the defence as well. Maybe a right back as well if Delo and Wambasaka don't push themselves. You know, like if Pavard comes in, he might play a lot of right back at, at points, even though he doesn't want to, but players will play where they're told. After that, I don't know, Scott. What do you think? Where, after that, you, so you think centre back is the is going to be the main priority? That would be uh, centre back and defensive mid is the the Casemiro and Varane replacements. I yeah. think you're looking at really as the as the two. That's if Hoyland Hy- obviously catches fire. Yeah. As well, does you know? Guess 15 goals this season. Uh, you probably do at this at this moment need maybe a little bit light on the right hand side of attack. At right back as well. I think that position is up mm-hmm. for grabs and it could be that neither of them. I know that potentially uh Wambasaka might get a new contract and Dallas just signed one. Potentially mm-hmm. neither of them are the long-term answer, but there's another year for them to fight it out. So I'm looking at number two goalkeeper. Not a huge priority, but you need to find one eventually when Dean Henderson mm-hmm. does leave. Uh, Centre-back and defensive mid are my priorities, I would say, as it stands. Right back, right wing and understudy or option to rotate a centre forward, but no confirmation on Mason Greenwood yet. And nope. there is, you know, what whatever happens there, I mean, is going to affect United's decision. I'm not talking about my personal feelings on that, but United, uh, he is under contract. So, and no squad yeah. number for him as it stands. Oh, really? I didn't see that. Yeah, squad numbers were announced and he was, his squad number wasn't announced in there. So that's quite interesting. We'll Speaking see of goes. squad numbers, uh, Rasmus Hoyland's going to get his 17 that Fred is going to vacate. And that's kind of also with Fred not being on the tour as much and not playing and one for another. All these things kind of, all the bits we were hearing all, all kind of came to that United were trying to move him on. Not for a squad number, but of course Hoyland was not going to be given a number, was he, until he got the number that he really wanted. So this was the number that he wanted. Let's move on to uh, two other sections. Rob's predictions. And Scott's predictions. Well, I've done mine oh, on another okay. channel. But I, I can do them again, and I'm not actually sure about my own United predictions. United predictions. <laughs> yeah, well, you call out, the, uh, you call out the, the sections, and I'll play with you. Okay, we'll go backwards, I think. So let's, let's go for Young Player of the Year. I'm gonna, and I'm going to ask you, Scott, who do you think is going to be Manchester United's Young Player of the Year in the next 12 months? I know your answer, and I'm going to agree. I know with you. I'm kind of giving them off camera because we plan stuff, don't we? I, it, I think it is a year for for Garnacho to 
go and get a lot. Contribute a lot. I think this is his time. This is Garnacho's moment, isn't it? You know, I was going to sing that song, This Is My Moment, then, but people don't want to hear me sing. But uh, yeah, I think with Garnacho, this is his year. I think he'll be the unplayed year. I, I, I love Kobe Manu, of course, and I think Kobe Manu will feature this year. Interesting you talk about the number six, because Manu could play the six, but I think he's better in the eight. So he might, yes, we might see that a- this year, might see development that he becomes a more kind of robust defensive functional player, Kobe Banu might become very important. But I think when you look at, at Garnacho, and even just on the tour, Scott, in the glimpses, there's something about him in there. Like it, it, it does, it, it kind of smells like Ronaldo at that age. You know, you look at him and you see the confidence and you see, and I I said it last year, 12 months ago, I'll say it again. He's a better player at this age than when I saw Cristiano at this age. He's just better. He's more rounded. He knows the game better. He's more fluid. He understands teamwork more. And and he's just got that X factor, hasn't he? So, yes, it's going to be for me. It's going to be going actually young player of the year this he's year. He's also more productive than Ronaldo at this age. Right? I don't know the numbers like to, off the top of my head, but he definitely and, and he, has to be. Exactly. And he might force Marcus into doing more number nine things. Like, you know, the manager might get two, three, four months down the line and go, oh, I want Marcus Rashford on the left-hand side, but... This lad Garnacho is really good. And the funny thing was, Scott, in the youth team, Garnacho used to play the nine. Garnacho would play up top quite a bit. And I'm like, he can't, he's got a finish. He's quick. He can run off people. Might see him used as an auxiliary number nine at times. We've not seen it in the first team yet. And he hasn't done it for a while. But he's got that about him, isn't he? So, yes, young player of the year this year, I think it's Garnacho. And there's, there's not actually very many contenders for that spot, is there, when you look at the squad? There's only Kobe, really. The other one. Uh, what's your next section? So I was going to go player of the year. But I tell you what, now let's go top scorer first. Top scorer. Who do you think is going to be Man United's top scorer this season? Uh, I'm going to I'm going to be, have to be different to you. I'm, I'm going to put my eggs in the Rasmus Hoyland basket. I think he's going to start scoring some tap-ins, which is what I think United lack in a striker. I don't know if Marcus Rashford will hit the heights. Are we talking league or competitions? Let's let's just stick with the Premier League as the Premier League is starting today. Let's go there. I'm going with Rasmus Hoyland. Right. Well, I'm going to go really boring and say Marcus Rashford. So I think Rashford last year, and this last 12 months, has seen that the significant development around the penalty box, both tactically and technically. I think he's got a better finish. I think he sees the ball. He sees the game a little bit differently in that channel. And, and I think if he plays in his favoured position, playing on the left, then... That's perfect for him. The more he plays as a nine, Scott, actually, the less he'll score because he'll have to do some of the off-the-ball work and he's not very good at it. So, yeah, for me, uh, top scorer this year, plain and simple for me, Marcus Rashford. But I do also think that Rasmus, I think Rasmus will do well. Are we going to start to call him Raz? Young Raz? You can call him Raz. I'm going to call him Raz from now on. So, yeah, Raz. I think Raz will do well this year and, uh, yeah, double-digit return in terms of goals. And I think he might do that in the Premier League as well. What other sections have we got to to discuss here? Play of the year. Who's going to be your player of the year? Manchester United's player of the year at the end of this season. I would, Again, while I think person. about, while I think about who the player of the year will be, I would like to say that I think Anthony will have a very good year. Yes. Not yeah, that he will be good enough to win player of the year, but I think we will start to see exactly the player that, especially with a striker there, with, with Hoyland there, I, I think we'll start to see a player who is not missing as many chances as he has missed in the past. I think he's pretty much unrivaled for that position on the right. I think he's locked in 
and I could see him really starting to excel. That would be my, that's going to be my surprise pick of the year because some people think he's absolutely trash and mm-hmm. I, I do not agree with that. I think he is going to be a strong option for United in attack. Uh, player of the year. I, I have to be different to you. I have to be different to you. Um, Lisandro Martinez. Good call. Like that call. We all love a bit of Lissandra, don't we? Um, yeah, I think with the Anthony thing, you're right. It's no doubt having a number nine in the middle is going to help him so much. But do you know what I also think it's going to help him, Scott? Mason Mount. So I think when Mount is drifting in the 10 and moving into that side and into that channel, it's going to give Anthony so much more time on the ball. But I just think Anthony's really important to the system off the ball, isn't he? He's just so... You, you, again, pre-season, we saw it in you know while we were out there in Vegas and in America. The Ten Hag system is really dependent on those wide players doing certain things. And I think Anthony, you're right, he's booked his spot there. Jaden Sancho is not going to get sniff as a right-sided forward anymore. It's just it. Jaden Sancho is a false nine or nothing, or maybe playing off the left now and then. But um, but yeah, I think Anthony, Anthony will earn that spot this year. So my player of the year, people will be surprised because they think I hate him because I get it all the time, is Bruno Fernandes. So I think this is the year for Bruno to not just be the guy that gets you the, the clinical assist or all that. But I think Bruno, this is the year for Bruno to kind of run all of that forward area from midfield and going forward. Because I don't think Bruno's going to play the 10 all the time, even though I'd like him to. But I think Bruno now as a captain, this is his heart and soul moment. If Man United are going to do anything next 12 months, Scott, it's got to come through the guise of Bruno Fernandes being brilliant every week. There's no more kind of ups and down performances. Bruno's got to be up here every week and he has to be a world-class central midfielder moving from the eight to the 10. And I do think he can do it. Like, I know people think I'm really critical of him and I'm over harsh on him. I do think Bruno Fernandes has got all the faculties to be the guy for Man United. So I think this season, I think, yeah, you said Martinez. I quite like that call because I think Martinez every game, just watch him and you think, so important to Man United, so good at centre-back. But for me, it's Bruno. I think Bruno's going to be the guy this year. And if Man United achieve anything, win trophies, have a title challenge, it will be because Bruno Fernandes is pushing all the buttons. Bruno is a lock-in for my FPL team. He was the, He's the absolute one for me. Because I think the way that United are going to play, <laughs> it's going to be all about him, really. He's not in my FPL team. No. Because... Only because it's put me off watching preseason and seeing how deep he's been playing. <laughs> so like, uh, he's going to play deep and he's going to go for that ball through. Of that, course, I think, yeah, yeah. Like Hoyland will give him the, that, that, but Hoyland's not not here yet on game week one. So that's why I've I've not picked him and I've gone a different route. I've got Matoma at the moment. But yeah, we'll I think everyone's gone Matoma. You know, so so um uh yeah, I think with Bruno, I think through the season, you see, we'll see that develop more, and I think Bruno will be more of a kind of number eight moving forward. I think United will, will, will carry on with that 4-1-5. Someone criticised me the other day and said, no, it's not 4-1-5, Rob. It's, it's, uh, it's three at the back. And, and it is at times. They're right. You know, like United do kind of default to a three and let Luke Shaw go forward. He becomes one of those players. Um, but I think in the press, Bruno Fernandes will benefit this year, again, having Mason Mount. I think Mason Mount's going to help Bruno Fernandes a hell of a lot this year achieve his potential. So uh, big weight on Mason Mount's shoulders as well. Your next section. 
what I'm just going to say here now, like, where do you think United are going to come in the league? Like, I, I think, like, you've done it on another show for the whole of um, of the the league, haven't you? Like, your league prediction. It's on my, it's on my Instagram story as well. Uh, you can see my, uh, my predictions. Where do you think Man United are going to come in the league, Scott, and why? Before Liverpool signed Caicedo, I put United to come second. Now, I know that's a bit ambitious, but that is based on the working... Yeah, I know what you think Arsenal are going to do. I think Arsenal's squad is strong, but not super. The squad is strong, but I think they have about 16 players, really, that they can properly count on. And they have mm. an extra... I think they'll go far in the Champions League. So I think they have an extra 12 games, really, mm-hmm. for those players to rotate through. And I think their performance level will suffer as a result at some point. So I would put them... I did have Arsenal third. Now Liverpool signing Caicedo. I'm pr- I think that their balance is completely different. I'll stick with second for United. I'll stick with it. I, my, my initial top four was City to win the league, United second, Arsenal, and then Liverpool, and then Chelsea. That was my top four, five. I'll stick with it, but I think anyone from... I, I still think City will win the league, but anything from two to four, those positions are interchangeable for me. They are kind of interchangeable. Um, I disagree with what you're saying about Arsenal. I, I think I think this is their moment again. I'm not going to sing that song. I do when I think when you look at Arsenal, what they've bought in the marketplace and how they've structured their team, they were so close last year, weren't they? And they had that year last year where they got near, they kind of reached the prize. There it is. And what did they do? They choked. And I think that's because they still had positions to kind of kind of address. I don't say Declan Rice is the only reason why Arsenal are going to win the league. Like, I'm going to say it here, put my neck on the block. Last year I said there'd be a title challenges. This year I'm going to say they're going to win the league. Uh, but when I've kind of done the, the metrics and looked at some of my numbers, I think Arsenal are going to win the league by two points. And I think City are going to come second. I don't know if those two teams are going to fall off much from last year. I, I don't think even Arsenal will have to get as many points as last year. I think City might decline uh, um in the in the running order, but I think Man United are going to come third, and I don't give two hoots about Moises Casado. I think Moises Casado is a really good player, and I think the in a in a finished project like Casado was going to a team, now he would he would bring him up like say Casado went to Arsenal. That's what Arsenal wanted originally before Declan Rice. They were desperate for Casado. I'd be like, Arsenal are going to win the title because of Casado. I don't think Liverpool are going to get that much closer, which now means they'll probably win the league, now I'm saying this. But I don't think Casado, week in, week out, is going to provide absolutely everything Jurgen Klopp needs and absolutely everything that Salah needs, that Nunes needs, you know, that Gakpo needs. I don't think he's that player yet. I really don't. So I'm still putting Liverpool fourth above Chelsea. But then, like, Liverpool, Chelsea, Newcastle and ourselves... It's going to be horses, of course. It's going to be pretty tight. I think through the season, there'll be times where those four teams all interchange backwards and forwards, a little bit like it did last year at, at times. Uh, I don't see Chelsea having the disastrous season that they had before, but I also think they're going to have to spend a lot of time this year, Chelsea, developing because Pochettino won't get it right on day one. And I think Liverpool will. I think Liverpool are, are turned the corner now where they need to be. What happened, Scott? You know, 12 months' time, I'm telling you, Mohamed Salah will not be at Liverpool. Put that oh, on. No, I think that's a. How much time is going? So Liverpool have to find ways of making this work in six months with a player that's probably getting his head turned by other clubs and big money from other leagues. Um, so I'm not quite sure with you. I know you think Liverpool now they've got to say that they'll, they'll be better. They will be better. 
but I'm not quite sure that will translate into points. So third for United this year. And I think, but I do think, I've, again, when I look at the points, I've put them to finish six points behind City this year. So that's closer. Yeah. And I, and I think that's what we'll see with United is this development because there isn't really an X factory United unless you say that Hoyland really is spectacular. Like if Hoyland comes in and just materialises into a 30 goal a season striker, those extra goals will get you lots of extra points and suddenly you're really in the title race. I think United will be in the title race for the first few months of the season. I really do. I'm not quite sure they've got the legs, but third, I think, again, would be a very good finish. And I think they'll do well in the Champions League, Scott. Let's, uh, we're in that weird position now of hoping English clubs will do well in the Champions League so they get an extra <laughs> an extra spot in the in the competition next season as well because that, that is changing to a 36-team league from next season. Champions and, League. Mm, yeah. UEFA's yeah. ideas of a Super League, basically. The Super League is the Premier League because all these clubs are spending loads and loads of money and Man United are sitting on the sidelines just doing it quietly, which is not... Typically, how United have been working over the last 10 years. Anyway, Man United play Wolves on Monday night. Let us know in the comments how you think United will do this season. We are still a few days away from United's opening game because they play on Monday night at Old Trafford. Wolves at home changed their manager this week. Julian Lopetegui is not happy at the way that Wolves have been conducting their business. And has just left. Decided to go. Gary O'Neill is in. Will this cause a miracle win for Wolves at Old Trafford. What are you expecting from United in the first game? Uh, I think we'll just see more of the same from what we've seen the last few weeks in terms of Man United trying to stamp their identity on these matches. Ten Hag's got it right, I think, in terms of how he wants to approach every single football match, Scott, and that is that you play the same way every week and that you don't have these peaks and these troughs. Like, you don't play well one week and the next week you don't, you kind of fall off a little bit. And I think that when you look at the makeup of the squad, I think we're in a better position to do that. I'm not too scared of the new manager bounce. You know, I'm really not. I think I think O'Neill deserves a chance. I think he's a I think he's decent. You know, I think he was very unlucky at Bournemouth. I kind of get why Bournemouth went the route they did. But I think when you look at Wolves, they are actually a team this year that I think will, will struggle for survival. So even if they do well at Old Trafford, you know, like again, when I did my table here, I've got Wolves to finish in 17th. And I think that that will be by the skin of their teeth. The depth of their squad, you can talk about squad depth, mm. really isn't there. It's, it's hemorrhaged away. I think Lopetegui did an astonishing job when he went there last year because he's Lopetegui. He's a really top manager and he'll be great wherever he goes, no doubt about it. But I think, I think Wolves will be in that perpetual bubble of bottom six. But let's just hope they don't have that amazing stellar first day of the, you know, in, in the office against us. I think United are in a decent place at the moment, Scott. You know, even though we won't see our new striker for a while, I think United have got enough. Let's hope for a comfortable 3 0 win. Uh, I think Rob and I, we can't record next Tuesday morning. Uh, so we might be coming to you straight after that game. We'll see. Yeah. Uh, just because there's no other time for, for me to record it. But we'll see. Maybe we can do that a bit more regularly moving forward. Immediate overreaction to result. Like you tell other. us as the audience. You tell us what you want. You tell us what, what, what you would like to see. Would you like to see us do a, a live straight after the game, uh, after the final whistle? And we can kind of talk through what we saw and what we thought and some of the tactics and whether we were happy or whether we were sad. As long as Man United win, I think we'll all be relatively happy. 
Yes, I've got an interesting weekend ahead. The Premier League is back. I'll be at Chelsea-Liverpool on Sunday, which is exciting. I think that's the game of the weekend. And then I'll be sitting watching United from my sofa on Monday night. And uh, yeah, you're excited for it to be back, aren't you, Rob? Me, not so much, but you are. I'm excited for it to be back because, Scott, I like to clear my brain in these moments and just think about the football and not the other stuff that goes with it. So I try and keep it like real, if that's the way of putting it. But yeah, I'm excited because I just I, I think when we get the program of Premier League football back, it kind of makes our lives easier as well, both as as you know journalists and fans. You kind of you get back in the rhythm of it, don't you? Because it's about it's about the game. Uh, a transfer window so dull like we have to do it it's what it is it's part of like our worlds and our jobs but I like it when there's football to talk about and uh even the first game of the season tonight you know Burnley City imagine if Burnley go and beat them company first game no of the season absolutely no chance you say no chance I say there's a chance they beat them 6-0 in January February. They beat them 6-0 in January but the reason why we love English football is because it is mad right? Stuff happens that just shouldn't happen. So you're right. Of course, it's easy to say that, that they're going to win. But you know what? There'll be Burnley fans tonight going, we're back in the top league. Can our boys just hurt them? Our City going to have a little bit of a spell here at the start of the season. It's happened before to them, where the first six to ten games, they don't really bring it because they go, oh, we won everything last year. We don't need to turn up, do we? You know, and Vincent Company is not going to hurt us. Vincent Company knows exactly what it takes to beat Manchester City. Exactly. And he knows Pep Guardiola better than anyone. So I think Burnley have got a chance, a fighting chance, a puncher's chance for a knockout. 1-0 win, maybe? Yeah, I'm going to say that. Interesting. I think City win 2-0. And uh, just very, very anticlimactic and boring like Manchester City are. Excited, Scott. Come on. This is it. This is it. This is the bit we enjoy, the fun bit. You know, Burnley tonight win. Tomorrow we're all going to be buzzing, aren't we? <laughs> Build company that statue. <laughs> he already has it, then. He's got one at Burnley, though. Anyway, uh, that will that'll do us today. Subscribe to our show wherever you get your podcasts, and watch us on YouTube twice a week, Tuesdays and Fridays. I will say again, those days might change because Man United are in the Champions League, and recording on a Friday and a Tuesday might not be the best days for us to bring you content. Hashtag yeah. content. Head over to the channel, like, subscribe, leave a comment for us as well, but we'll keep you updated on all of that. Double underscore Scott Saunders, at underscore Rob underscore B on Twitter and YouTube, X and YouTube, sorry, and uh, at Promise and MU for the show on X as well. Uh, any final thoughts? No, just also to the audience, thank you very much for your kind words about the, the new channel and stuff. We'd love you to tune in, as you said, at underscore Rob underscore B. Uh, and yeah, I think some of my Twitter stuff that you've seen over the last 15 X. years almost. Well, X. I'm, I'm going to keep calling it Twitter, Scott. Like, I don't care about Elon Musk. I mean, I don't drive a Tesla. You know, at the end of the day, I'm going to call, I'll keep calling it Twitter until it changes back and hope for the best. But yes, on X. Let's, what are they called now? And they're not called tweets. What yeah, I know. I asked this question in the day. X's? I don't know. X's and O's? Uh, uh, uh. Statements. <sighs> More bored of Twitter than I am the Premier League. So, uh, yeah, uh, follow me on YouTube and just like, subscribe, et cetera, et cetera. And just thank you for all the support. Loads of people said some really nice stuff the last week or two uh, and hope to bring you some uh, some nice Manchester United content there and also some FPL stuff because I'll be doing a lot more fancy league things this year. That's it. Promised Land out. We'll see you soon, everyone. Hopefully Man United get off to a winning start in the Premier League and it's no, there's no problems at all and everything is comfortable and they score four goals and concede none. 
but yes, until next time, everyone. Thanks for listening. Thanks for watching. See you soon. What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low-net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands, and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co.